0: Savior, King of us all, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, to me is the glory forever. Amen. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now, John also was baptizing in Annan near Salem, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. For John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me, bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ." But I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes up from above is above all. He who is above the, he who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all, and what he has seen and heard that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the sun shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. in the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of Tuva. It's also the Sunday right after the Church celebrates the Feast of Theophany and when our Lord Jesus Christ was baptized. So you see we're still, uh, because it's right
1: after the Feast of Theophany, we're still sort of concentrating around the events of uh, the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ and uh, about uh, St. John the Baptist. Uh, In the Matins Gospel, uh, we saw the story of uh, our Lord Jesus Christ speaking to Nicodemus and the importance of being baptized, and he was teaching him about uh, how God is going to command people to be baptized, to become a new man, to be born of water and spirit. Actually, in the church, if you notice, if you pay attention to the readings, especially in Matins, most of the year, every Sunday, the Matins readings are uh, about the resurrection. Because early in the morning, the church wants to remind us of uh, the resurrection which occurred early in the morning and Sunday is the day of the resurrection. Uh, but there is a period in the time of the church from uh the feast of the nativity, so from or from the advent of the nativity until uh until the resurrection, until after Lent, that we don't have those readings. They're not about the resurrection, about various things. So like I said today was about uh the baptism. And one of the verses that I wanted to sort of concentrate on, whenever we read this passage from the gospel, we think a lot about St. John the Baptist. Who he was, what kind of uh, sort of the, the, the attributes or the virtues that make him uh, a holy person, someone that our Lord Jesus Christ said was the greatest prophet born uh, among women. And we concentrate on the life of, of St. John the Baptist. And I wanted to concentrate on something in his life uh, today for a few minutes. He says, He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. So I wanted to talk about a little bit, what does it mean to have joy as a Christian? Where is St. John the Baptist's sources of joy here? And what can we learn from how he had joy and what is, what is our Lord Jesus Christ when he talks a lot about joy in the, in the Gospels, what does he mean and how can we have this joy in our lives? In our Lord Jesus Christ himself, he says, these things I've spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So joy is something that is intimately connected with our walk with God. If you think about sort of like what is the greatest sermon or the greatest way you could convince someone to become a Christian or to invite them into orthodoxy, the answer would be that they see the joy in your life as a result of your faith. David in the Psalms, he says how great it is to serve the Lord with gladness. But think about this, and think about maybe John the Baptist. Serving the Lord, like anything else, can make me tired physically. St. John the Baptist does not live an easy life by any means, right? He's in the desert, he's eating sort of locusts and honey, he's wearing very simple clothing, it's it's actually kind of a pretty harsh life. I can sometimes get tired in the work of serving the Lord, but I can never get tired of the work. And the reason is the joy that God provides. In the book of Nehemiah, it says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's a difficult thing for someone who tries to carry the burdens and the loads of this life if they don't have joy to strengthen them. So we'll talk about a little bit about the source of this joy. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He says, excuse me, in the, in the epistles, He says, These things I've written to you that My joy might remain in you. My joy, this is the, the joy of Of God, the joy that you have as a Christian, the joy of Christ. You have or can have this joy. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He wants to take the joy or the things that you consider joyful in this world and take them away from you so that He can give you true joy. So He can give you actual joy. You remember, for example, when St. Elizabeth, a few weeks ago, when we were still in the advent of the Nativity, When John the Baptist was in her womb, and she met St. Mary, and they were both pregnant. And the Bible tells us that the baby that was in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy. He leaped for joy, why? In the presence of God. So what is the idea here? That the joy of Christ is so exuberant, so full, that literally he is jumping for joy. He's jumping for joy. And if I I don't have this joy as a Christian, then I am not actually like Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ also was someone who was joyful. He spoke to His disciples about joy, that He is the source of joy. Where is this joy going to be found? Is it going to be found in money? Is it going to be found in pleasure? Is it going to be found in fame? Our joy only comes in Christ Himself. You're going to find joy from Christ. He speaks of it. I'm not talking about... Joy that you get from things. I'm talking about the joy that you get from the Lord Himself. We're supposed to rejoice in the Lord, because He is the source of joy. If you look at uh, the Gospel of St. John in chapter 17, you see this. When our Lord Jesus Christ is praying, He says, And now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have My joy fulfilled in themselves. That they might have My joy fulfilled in themselves. So I'm supposed to, as a Christian, to have the joy that comes from Christ. So Christ is the source of our joy. He says again in the Gospel of St. John, I've come that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. So the source of this life is Christ, and the source of this joy is Christ. And you can see, this is what I'm talking about in this verse. Why is St. John very, very happy? He, he makes an analogy. He's like, well, I'm kind of like the best man in a wedding. My best friend is getting is married. Getting married. I'm not the one marrying the girl, but I'm so happy because the bridegroom is here and he's my best friend, and I'm with him. The second thing you want to think about, as far as besides the source of joy, is the stability of joy in Christ. So he says in the verse that I read to you a few minutes ago: says these things I've written to you that your that my, that my joy might remain. So the joy is supposed to remain in us. It's not a joy that comes and goes. There's, it's, it's sort of a constant joy. St. Paul, he tells us one of the most famous verses, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So I'm supposed to have as a Christian joy, day in and day out, all the time. But I'm not talking about that you have to sort of go around constantly with a smile on your face, even if you don't feel so good. There's a difference between joy and just smiling. I could smile for 10 hours and then that smile in like just 5 minutes if something happens can leave my face but I want to explain or I want to say or the thing that I want to emphasize that even when there are tears coming down my eyes because, coming down, excuse me, my cheeks because of things that are happening in my life there can be joy in my heart this is the type of joy that will never leave us our Lord Jesus Christ was about to enter into the, the events of His crucifixion When he said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you. So why does he say remain? See, that's the constancy of the joy is linked to the source of my joy. If the source of my joy is things, when those things fail you, then your joy is going to fail you. If the source of your joy is external, then it's not going to be constant. For example, if you get joy out of amusement, having fun when you're bored, when you're no longer amused, then your joy is gone. If you get joy out of your business, or out of your job, and your business fails or you lose your job, your joy is gone. If you get joy out of your health, and your health fails, then your joy is gone. If you get joy from your family, and there is nothing wrong with getting joy from your Family, or from your business, or from your health, they all have their place. But if the source of my joy are those things, when those things are taken away from me, I have no joy. The Bible, for example, it says in Proverbs, Rejoice with the wife of your youth. But how about when my wife passes away? It's taken away from me. Does that mean that my joy is taken away from me? Well, if it's the only place that I'm getting my joy, then yes, my joy is gone. But our Lord Jesus Christ is never changing. He's always there. And that's the reason that my joy can be always existing and remain. My joy can be steadfast. Nothing can take it away. For example, we are going to have sorrows. Don't think that when I'm talking about being a joyful Christian, it means you aren't going to have any sorrow. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who I just said was someone full of joy, In the Bible, it it, it describes him as a man of sorrows. But there is no contradiction there. I could have sorrow even in my heart this very minute. For things that are going on in my life, for things for people around me, for situations that I have. But the Bible says that God gives us the oil of joy for mourning. He says that in Isaiah. That God gives us the oil of joy for mourning. That means in a time of mourning, in the time of broken heartedness, that God can pour forth on me oil of joy. And he says also in the Gospel of St. John, Truly I say to you, that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. So he's saying, I'm able to take your sorrow and turn it into joy. What I'm trying to say is that this joy, the joy that our Lord Jesus Christ gives us, is steadfast even in sorrow. But not only in steadfast in sorrow, it's also triumphant during tribulation. Not only are you going to have sorrow, you're going to have tribulation. Our Lord Jesus Christ said this, in the world you will have tribulation. But then listen to what St. Paul says. He says, I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulations. I am exceedingly joyful in all tribulations. So then how do you expect to be joyful when I'm going through what I'm going through. Think again about St. John. By the way, St. John was persecuted almost from the beginning of his ministry. And he eventually gets he eventually gets martyred because Herod is after him. So how do you expect me to be joyful going through what I'm going through? St. Paul says, I'm joyful. He said, I'm exceedingly joyful in all our tribulations. It's the same St. Paul who is singing praises in the book of Philippians when he is in the jail. In the dark, at midnight singing praises to God. He's joyful in tribulation. So this joy, talking about the steadfastness of this joy, the stability of this joy, can be also triumphant during tribulation. It can be abundant in affliction. Let me read you another verse from Thessalonians. And you have become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. You have some affliction, but there's also joy. My joy can be steadfast in sorrow. My joy can be triumphant in tribulation. My joy can be abundant during affliction. Having received the word in much affliction with joy, the afflictions can come and afflictions can go. But our Lord Jesus Christ is steadfast, is the same, is there. And if I receive, or the source of my joy is Christ then my afflictions cannot take away my joy. I'm not saying that afflictions are good. I'm not trying to minimize the things that happen to us that are tough. I'm not trying to minimize, for example, bereavement when I lose a loved one. I'm not trying to minimize things that maybe people have done to you that hurt you. But at the same time, having our Lord Jesus Christ in my heart as the source of my joy can help me to overcome these temporary afflictions. Joy can even be lasting during losses. In Hebrews, St. Paul says, For you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. You took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. He's like, you were happy to lose your stuff for my sake. How many of us right now might have, like economically, not doing as well? Maybe because of the virus or because of whatever. People are, businesses are folding up and things like that. Is all of a sudden the joy gone out of my life because of this? If I was getting my joy from my job, then yes. I'm not saying of course it's an easy thing to be laid off or to lose business. But St. Paul says, you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. Why? Because where is my treasure laid up? My treasure is laid up in heaven. I have treasure that the world can't spoil. I want to tell you that if your joy is in anything other than our Lord Jesus Christ. When something happens to that thing, your joy is gonna go. But nothing is going to happen to Christ. And the joy that you've received from Christ is always going to remain. Also, I want to notice something else. Not only the source of our joy, not only the stability of our joy, But actually, the the, the fullness of the joy. One of the verses I read to you and I'll read it again. These things I've spoken to you, that your joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Full joy. Think about again the analogy that St. John the Baptist said. What kind of happiness it is when my best friend is getting married. What kind of joy is that? In, In one of the Psalms, David says, you will show me the path of life In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It's an amazing verse. It's in Psalm 16. You'll show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Or for example, when St. Peter, he writes in his letter, those of us who speak with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So that joy that we can have can be full. So those other things that can give you joy in one area of your life, in one part of your life, in one small section of your life, but unless you have joy in our Lord Jesus Christ, your joy is not full, it's not complete. I can have joy in money, but my joy is not full. I can have joy in my friends, my joy is not full. I can joy in fame or in recognition, but my joy is not full. Only fullness of joy can be found in God. You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. One of the very famous verse or quotes from St. Augustine, he says, My heart was restless until it found rest in you. So the joy of God is sufficient, or is, is full for us. So we're reminded today, you know, like I said, St. John the Baptist, he had many, many, many wonderful qualities. We talk a lot about his humility, we talk a lot about his obedience, we talk a lot about his asceticism, talk a lot about his willingness to have himself decrease and have our Lord Jesus Christ increase despite the fact that he had a very successful ministry himself. But we see here this joy that St. John the Baptist had even from when he was in the womb of his mother Elizabeth and continued in his life is what allowed him to do the things he did? What allowed him to serve the way he did? What allowed him to give him the strength to overcome trials and tribulations and the harsh life that he lived? May God help help us that so we could live in the fullness of His joy always and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.